Thank you for downloading this podcast from Awakening Church. Uh, perhaps I believe the most deeply spiritual book of the New Testament is Revelation, and we're going to go to Revelation chapter 21 in just a moment. Uh, but if you if you got your Bible and you want to turn there, feel free, Revelation chapter 21. Um, interesting to me, I, I think the, the book of Revelation literally was written to satisfy our deepest hunger to connect intimately with Jesus Christ. I want you to think about this for a moment. And I use that word hunger specifically because... Interestingly, in uh, the book of Revelation itself, it says that uh, chapter 10 indicates the book must be eaten to be understood. Now think about that for a moment. It must be ingested, eaten. It must be taken in. You, You know the old saying, you are what you, yeah, right, right? I mean, think about that. Now, we know that's not literally true. Otherwise, those of you who know me well know that I would be a Krispy Kreme donut at this moment. So, I mean, it's not literal, but, you know, the things we take in, they affect our bodies. And the older you get is the more you find that out. Can I get a witness? You know, I found out that if I eat way more Krispy Kreme than kale, things don't feel as well in my body, you know? And I have to sort of focus on that, but... Here in, in, in Revelation, literally it says the book has to be eaten to be fully ingested and fully understood. In other words, you have to consume it as though it's something that, that is life-giving power to you. You know, of all the Bible, I believe this last book is meant to thrill and exhilarate us. I mean, really. I think it's, it's meant to just amaze us. As we think about it, um, the problem I think I always had was part of the problem I had with reading the Bible through in years that I would read Revelation for human gain or for human motivation rather than spiritual motivation. Anybody ever done it? Some of you don't want to raise your hand because you're just trying to look holy. But you know you've read, you know, you've. it's like bedtime, and you didn't get the word in that day. <laughs> it's like you flip it open so you can just get your chapter in or your few verses in so you can say you've read, and that way you feel like you've given God something. And, and you know, I, I don't think it's, I, I don't think um, that there's anything necessarily wrong with wanting to get it in because you know it's something you need to do. But the problem is that if if that is our main motivation for the Word, if it's always from an earthly perspective, we miss the spiritual gain that we could actually get from the Word. How How many realize this? You know, I have read the book of Revelation more times trying to figure out who the beast is and the false prophet and the, you know, what's going to happen in future events because I'm really curious about all that. I've read it in times past more for that reason than the reason it was written. I mean, think about that. And, 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 and it's okay to make mistakes like that as long as when you realize you made the mistake, you make a change, right? 
So I want to encourage you this year when you read the word, don't read it for any physical gain. Don't read it because you got to get your verses or your chapter in for the day. Don't read it because, uh, you know, God expects you to read it or people expect you to read it. Read it because it's God's love letter to you and he wants you to know him. See, that was my problem was always reading Revelation to find out about future events. But the book was written to show a beautiful Christ unveiled. It's written to show him for who he really is, along with an overcoming company of saints rising to his fullness as they intimately come into a relationship with him. So so Revelation is really about us knowing him and then knowing who we are in him. That's what Revelation is about. So don't worry about the beast when you read Revelation. Don't worry about the false prophet. Don't worry about future events. Don't, don't worry about golden vials poured out that wreak havoc on all the, the earth. Really, those are just uh, things that are secondary to the story. Yes, they happen. Yes, it's part of the book, but it's revealing who Jesus really is. As a matter of fact, <coughs> if you think about it, I mean, I could start with Genesis today. As a matter of fact, let's turn to Genesis 1 and we'll read to Revelation 21. Just kidding, just kidding. You know, I mean, worship was a little shorter than usual. We've got more time. I'm I'm not going to go long, I promise. I'll land this thing quicker than Ryan ever could. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'll say that now. I'll go four, four hours. Stay with me, though. Stay with me. Um, Genesis is the beginning, right? In the beginning, God. Don't go any further than that. Really, that sets up everything else that's to follow in 66 books. In the beginning, God. God. It's what the entire thing is about. It's about revealing himself to us. He starts with a simple revelation. I'll get it out. He starts with a simple revelation. And and, and the simple part is Elohim. It's his nature. It's who he is. His, His nature is he is God, the only God. But then as you get throughout the book, he reveals himself more and more until Jesus Christ is revealed. And then in Revelation, it's so interesting to me that it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. But get this, Genesis may be the book of beginnings while Revelation is the book of consummation. Or or, or let me say it like this. Genesis may be the book of beginnings, but Revelation is a book of new beginnings. Has anybody ever felt like you needed a new beginning? Anybody ever felt like you just needed a new start, something fresh? Did it seem like things were falling apart in such a way that you just had to have God come down and just, just revitalize and renew everything? Well, that's the promise of Revelation. That's the promise of 2019 for you and I, is that God longs to bring us a new beginning. As a matter of fact, all things, he says, are made new. I mean, if you look throughout Revelation, everything is new. And in chapter 21, when we're getting ready to read, I want you to see how new things are. Because first of all, we're given a new name. That new name really signifies a new nature. 
I don't know about you, but I didn't need God to come and, and improve the old David Mullins. I needed God to change and transform David Mullins. I mean, I needed him to literally make me new, to give me his nature in place of my own. In Revelation, we get a new song. Really, that just relates to a new message that we have to share with others. In Revelation, there's a new Jerusalem, which is a new realm of union with God. There's a new heaven or a new government. There's a new earth or a new order, a new expression. So Revelation, in fact, the Bible itself ends with the passing away of all that is old and establishment of all that is new. Go ahead and say, God, I'll take everything new you have for me today. Tell him that. Go ahead and make that declaration. God, you make it new for me. Make me new, God. He'll do it if you will let him, if you will hunger and go after it. Yet, we have to have new ears to hear and new hearts to discern this revelation of Jesus Christ himself. Anybody hungry today for a transformation that brings new ears and a new heart? I mean, a brand new outlook on life. I want to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, but I have to have this new heart and these new ears to hear and discern what he's doing and saying. So then the key that unlocks the book of Revelation is not just a revelation of Jesus Christ, knowledge from him about future events. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ himself, of who he is in all his glory. I don't want to just know about coming events. I want to know the coming king. And that's what he gives us. In Revelation, that's what he gives us in his word. That's what he gives us in this relationship that we get to have with him is he wants you to know him like he knows you. I don't know about you, but the first time I heard somebody say that, that scared me because there are some things about me I really don't want him to know. Some things that I think, things I do, the way I act, some of my selfishness, my pride, some of those things I don't like. And the amazing thing is he already knows me better than I know myself, and he loves me anyway. He knows you exactly where you are, and he loves you anyway, and he chose to give Jesus Christ to you on this earth so that you could come to know him. So let's take a look at Revelation. Let's look at chapter 21, verses 1 through 6. They're going to put it up. This is from the Passion Translation. Then in a vision I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and earth had passed away, and the sea no longer existed. We'll talk about that in a moment, but think about that. The sea no longer existed. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, descending out of the heavenly realm from the presence of God. i I got to stop here because I don't know. Has anybody ever heard of Mylon Lefevre and Broken Heart? I'm telling my age, yeah, a uh, few of us are. Uh, Mylon Lefevre, he, when I was a kid, you know, there was no such thing as uh, 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 contemporary Christian music. It was from the devil. It was, yeah, I mean, it's just serious. I'm just telling you like it was. There was no, there was no you know, and that we called it contemporary, let alone if you said there was Christian rock. <laughs> oh, dear God. You know, it's just lightning and thunders, and you couldn't say anything like that. But, you know, we've grown. Uh, anyway, Milo Lefebvre was the first guy I ever listened to that just blew my mind, you know. And he has a song 
They call it the Revelation song, but it's actually the Praise Him and the Gift. I don't know if anybody remembers that. But there's this uh, angelic choir singing, Praise Him in the evening. Praise Him in the morning. You know, and it goes through this. And, and it's like it, it, the music reminded me at that time of what I thought maybe heaven would sound like, you know. And then... Mylon starts to quote Revelation. He starts to quote part of this. As a matter of fact, that really started my memorization of Scripture, I think, because I still remember it to, the, to, to this day. And I, I don't know what translation he was quoting from, but I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. And in my vision, I saw the throne of the Holy One who lives forever. And lightning and thunder issued forth from his throne. You know, that just amazed me as I heard that. And it got me interested in the word of God. And so I wanted to read it. I wanted to hear it. I wanted to know about it. And I wanted to know this God who is being revealed to us. But he says, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, descending out of the heavenly realm from the presence of God, like a, pr a pleasing bride that had been prepared for her husband, adorned for her wedding. Go on. And I heard a thunderous voice from the throne saying, Look, God's tabernacle is with human beings. Somebody get this. And from now on, he will tabernacle with them as their God. Now, God himself will have his home with them. God with them will be their God. Get that? That's his name. God with them will be their God. Listen, have you ever felt alone? God with you is your God. You're not alone. Go on to the next verse. And then he said, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and eliminate death entirely. No one will mourn or weep any longer. The pain of wounds will no longer exist for the old order has ceased. In verse 5, and God enthroned spoke to me and said, consider this, I am making everything to be new and fresh. Write down at once all that I have told you because each word is trustworthy and dependable. In verse 6, he said, then he said to them, to me, it has been accomplished for I and the Aleph and the Tav. If you've read from the King James, it probably used the Greek, the Alpha and Omega but here is the Hebrew. I am the first letter and the last letter. I am the beginning and the end. I am the olive and top, beginning and end. I will give water to all who are thirsty as my gracious gift. They will continuously drink from the fountain of living water. I want to just look briefly at three things that God is sharing with us that he is making new today. Today, January 6, 2019 in Louisville, Kentucky, God promises you three things that are going to be new in your life. All you've got to do is go after him to receive it. First of all, he talks about a new heaven. Basically, this is nothing more than a new government. See, the Bible teaches a few things about government. First of all, it teaches that every government is put in place 
by God himself. John 19, 11, Jesus answered Pilate and said, uh, you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Jesus was literally saying, Pilate, you don't really call the shots. God has placed you where you are and is giving you the ability to do what you're doing. Don't think that you're in control of the government, Pilate. Also, Romans 13 and 1, there's uh, no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. So, I don't know about you, I'm a little tired of government these days. Really. I mean, and, and, and think about it. I mean, it's a first world problem, right? I, we used to tell this to our girls all the time. You know, they'd go, I'm so bored. We'd say, oh, your first world problems. You're bored, you know. And, and we've got first world problems still today. You know what we've probably got? I mean, I just, I don't know of any better government anywhere on, on the face of the earth, and it's still horrible. But it's still the best on the face of the earth, right? And yet, it's never meant to be perfect because if we could make our own perfect government, we wouldn't need Jesus to come and make his government. So, so there's an issue. There's something we have to realize here. Okay, it's okay to be tired of government. It's all right. Uh, it, we understand that. But you've got to know this. God uses governments, even sinful governments, to accomplish his very will. Really. Think about this. Jeremiah 25, 8 and 9, Therefore thus says the Lord of hosts, because you have not obeyed my words, behold, I will send for the tribes of the north, declares the Lord, and for Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, pretty wicked guy at the time actually, my servant, God calls him. A wicked guy, but God says, Nebuchadnezzar's my servant, and I will bring them against this land, its inhabitants, against all these surrounding nations, and devote them to destruction and make them a horror, a hissing, everlasting desolation. Acts 4, 27, 28 tells us something similar. He says, Truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you, God, anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. So you see, don't, don't be too worried about the government because God's still in control. It's all right to be tired of it. It's all right to be tired of the things that some of our government officials say when they're so ridiculous and they make statements that you think, how in the world can they do that? And, and you know, it's all right to be tired of that, but God's in control. As a matter of fact, uh, let me share one other thought with you. You know, we ought to sincerely pray for those who govern us. I'll just be really honest. Can, can I be completely honest with you? I haven't liked either of the last of our two presidents. I mean, I did for, for, for different reasons, but I, I, policy reasons, you know, uh, uh, more recently, well, I'm just not going to get into it, but I'm just, you know, I mean, I, I'm just telling you, uh, and, and it, you know, I, it's okay if I say this, I guess, you're not supposed to, you know, when you go in the ballot box, they say you, what you do in the ballot box, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I did not vote for either of our last two presidents. I really didn't. Because I just, I couldn't bring myself to it. I felt for different reasons that, uh, you know, where they lined up in their belief system, and mainly for me, I'll just be honest with you, because we talk about this, pray about it a lot here at Awakening. It, it has to do with abortion. 
I'm telling you, I, I believe that if we do not take seriously the most innocent and fragile of life in our society, we're on a slippery slope that any life doesn't matter. And so for those reasons, I've, I've just really not been happy with uh, our last uh, few administrations, but, but in spite of that, I remember 1 Timothy 2 and 1 tells me, first of all, then I urge that supplications, prayer, intercessions, thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. He's calling us to sincerely pray for our leaders. And so we pray for our leaders. We do. We pray for them sincerely. We don't bad talk them we we don't dishonor them you know we disagree with them and we declare when we disagree with them and that's okay but we honor them because they're there and God has called us to pray for them and you know what I believe God is big enough to handle whoever's in the White House I believe he's big enough to handle who's, whoever is in the Senate or in the House of Representatives. God is strong enough and in control. He hasn't got lax, uh, and, and he hasn't uh, uh, become upset, and he's not sitting up in heaven going, how in the world did this one or that one get in office? He's not saying that. He's not up there saying, how in the world am I going to work this out now to get things in control? But here's what's happening all human governments are eventually going to end and then Jesus will reign over every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. For us, to, born, to us is born a child. To us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David, over his kingdom, to establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this, Isaiah said. See, Jesus is still in control. Revelation 19, verse 11, 15, and 16 says, Then I saw heaven open, and suddenly a white horse appeared, and the name of the one riding it was faithful and true. And with pure righteousness he judges and rides to battle. A sharp sword came from his mouth which, which, with which to conquer the nations, and he will shepherd them with an iron scepter. He'll trample out the wine of the winepress of the wrath of God. And on his robe and on his thigh, he had inscribed a name, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It doesn't matter who's in control. It doesn't matter what's going on in any government around the world. If you today name yourself among the called of God, if you say, I serve a living God, I serve Jesus Christ, then you can declare today, he is still King of Kings and he is still Lord of Lords. And one day, I don't know when it's going to be. I don't know what's going to happen in the future, how many minutes, hours, days, or years it's going to be. But one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's going to happen. And he is no less in control in the meantime. He is the same in control, and he is still King of kings and Lord of lords. 
So we promise, we've been promised a new government, a new heaven. It's coming. We've also been promised a new earth in this passage of Scripture. Look at verse 1 in chapter 21 again of Revelation. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I wondered about that statement, and the sea was no more. Uh, Revelation's a tough book sometimes, right? There's so much imagery, and I'm not going to tell you anything today that, you know, I just know that I know that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is the revelation of God for this. I'm just going to share a few thoughts I have with you. I, I tend to believe in this passage that this is a literal translation. I might be wrong. Kathy can tell you it wouldn't be the first time. Uh, I, I could be wrong about that. I, it, it, it may not be literal. There may just be. But I, I know this. It's not only literal. I believe it is a spiritual translation as well. And so when he says that the sea is no more, he's saying something. He's helping us to understand something. Notice this. Earlier in Revelation, the sea was actually the source of the satanically empowered beast, Revelation 13 and 1. Revelation 13, the beast comes out of the sea. That's the chaos, the satanic power realm that he comes out of. So the sea, theoretically, or, or, or imagery, in imagery, the sea shows us the source of chaos and satanic power. So this has led some folks uh, to interpret this statement. There was no longer any sea in Revelation 21.1 to mean that the source of evil in the world is gone. No longer will there be an opportunity for rebellion against God's creation. The sea is gone. You see, the newness of what God is doing on the earth is beginning to take place. But I love it because that's not the only thing that is no more. If you look throughout uh, 21 and 22, uh, John's statement, there will be no more sea in the new earth, is just the first of seven things that will be no more. Some of you that, you know, just, you know, you, everything is prophetic to you. I've got a prophetic wife, so everything's prophetic. And so if I give her a number, there's something prophetic about it. It always is. And so, so seven is the number of God's perfection, right? That's, that's, that's perfection. And so there are seven things that are no more in this new earth. I love it. First of all, there's no more death. Hallelujah. You know, we grieve today because uh, we grieve with uh, Jessica Lawson at the passing of her sister Rhonda. We're heartbroken at that, but one thing we know is death doesn't have the last word. Death is not the, the final say. Death is just a period that we all must go through, but one day it will be no more. Another thing he says will be no more is mourning. No more mourning. No more weeping. No more pain. Uh, 21 and 4 tells us all of that. So no more death, no more mourning, no more weeping, no more pain. How many of you say, okay, I'll go ahead and vote for that new government, right? I'll, I'll vote for that one. Let's bring that one in as quickly as we can get it. Well, I'm looking for it, but I want to comfort you in the meantime that you do have a comforter until these things come to pass. 
there is someone who is with you that will help us to lean on him. In addition to that, he says there is no more curse, Revelation 22 and 3, and no more night, Revelation 21, 25, and 22, 5. No more night, no more darkness. Remember this, Jesus instructed us to pray this. He said, this is how you, my disciples, ought to pray. Anybody remember? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Get this, here it comes. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Say this phrase with me. On earth as it is in heaven. Anybody look around you right now. Would you say it's on earth right now as it is already in heaven? Not yet, but it's coming. It's coming. As a matter of fact, He's placed us here to bring it more speedily. See, that's why he called us to pray. Would Jesus ask us to pray that if our praying it wouldn't bring it to pass? Come on, somebody get this with me. When you're praying, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is there death in heaven? No. So he's, he's calling us to begin to declare that. Come on, is there sickness and disease in heaven? No. So he's calling us right now to begin to declare that, to begin to pray it, to believe it. I don't know why it doesn't always happen. I don't know why every time I pray for someone who's sick, they don't always get healed. I don't know. But I've got two choices. I can pray based on my past experience, or I can pray based on the Word of God. Now, which of those two do you think it makes more sense to base Listen, my experience is faulty all the time. I have good experiences. I have bad experiences. They go up. They go down. But if I live my life and if I pray according to my own past experiences, let me tell you, I'm in a world of hurt. But when I began to look and say, God, I don't understand some of those past experiences, but your word is still true, and you still said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am Jehovah, your healer. I am Jehovah Shalom, your peace. I am Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Come on. Listen, it doesn't matter what you're facing today. God has a new 2019 in store for you. It's not just 2019 either. It's about the newness of life we're called to live in every day of this year and every day of every year that follows. You see, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The powerful realization is that this new earth is a new order. It's a new expression. That's what new earth means. When you look at that in the Greek, it's talking about a new expression of what happens. And I love that because I'm reminded of Genesis 1 and John 1. I read, I told you, I like to read, I love really to read the Bible chronologically. And so I'm so thankful that we have these different plans today where you can literally read it chronologically. And I came to realize that I believe some of these chronological plans don't have it right. Because Genesis chapter 1 is usually where it starts, right? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. But you know there's a passage that's before that. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the very beginning was the Word, <laughs> and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That Word is 
logos in the Greek, right? But you know what that literally means? It means the expression of God. When we got a new heaven and a new earth, a new expression coming, I'll tell you what that new expression is. That new expression is the living expression that was with God, yet he was fully God. That new expression is Jesus Christ himself. And I I don't know uh, how things are going to go for you in 2019. I can't stand up here and promise you that you will never have another problem or another issue in 2019. I wish I could stand up here and prophesy like I've seen on some of the prophetic sites on the Internet. And since they're on the Internet, they got to be true, right? And I wish I could get it to tell you, oh, yeah, uh, it's prophetic. 2019 is the year of perfect blessing. It's the year of brand new. It's the year of everything's great. It's the year of no problems. I wish I could tell you that. But, you know, truthfully, if you live on this earth, you're going to experience some difficulty. It's going to happen. But the one thing I can promise you is that the living expression himself, the Logos, Jesus Christ himself, he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never leave you alone. He will never let you by yourself. He will never let more come up on you than he is with you in every bit of it because he loves you and he wants you to know that his grace is sufficient for you. There is a new earth coming, though, a new expression coming. One day, it's going to be perfection with no more death, no more pain, no more suffering. But until that day comes, Jesus is calling you and I to pray heaven onto earth. That's what he's calling us to do. He's calling us to bring about the new earth. He's calling us. Now, I know when I was growing up, I got in trouble for this kind of preaching, you know. Yeah, because... Because that was uh, millennialism, you know. That was that, you know, you can't pray in God into this situation. Listen, that's what God meant us to do. I'm not saying that, you know, it's dependent on us. Of course it's all still dependent on God. But God has given us the legal requirement to make a change, a legal change on this earth. Some of you know My background is a legal background, but if you read the Word of God, there's a legal background throughout the Old and New Testament. And you know, the problem came when Adam and Eve sinned. You know what they did? Literally, they signed the title deed of the earth over to Satan. Now Satan, at that point, had actual authority to bring in sickness, death, disease, pain but then God said I've already I I wasn't sitting up here in heaven not knowing what to do about it I already had a plan figured out his name is Jesus and so he sent the second man Adam to reverse the title deed and to put it back into our hands but the way we do it is by going to the courts of heaven and declaring through our prayers what God has already established to be truth If you don't pray it, it's not going to happen. Hello, somebody. If we don't pray it, it won't happen. But thank God he's given us the authority to declare it. We can declare those things that are not as though they already were. That's the word of God for us. So today I want to encourage you. Declare The new earth is coming, not just in the new millennium, but it's coming today. 
January 6, 2019. If there's sickness in your body, go ahead and begin to declare. I don't receive it. It's not in heaven. Therefore, it ought not be on earth, and it ought not be in my body. Come on. If there's a problem in your family, go ahead and declare the opposite because you declare it, and God brings it to pass. You and I have the authority to do that and to bring the new earth before it fully comes. Here's the last thought I want to give you is the new Jerusalem. I really believe this is the most important because he says in uh, verses 2 and 3 of Revelation 21, read this with me again. They'll put it on the screen for you. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, descending out of the heavenly realm from the presence of God like a pleasing bride that had been prepared for her husband. Now, I don't know about you, but those images don't immediately make complete sense to me. I've never thought of a city. You know, I can't think of Louisville or Lexington or Cincinnati or Charleston, West Virginia. I can't think of these places as brides, right? It doesn't quite make sense to me. Yet, this is the imagery he's giving us. Like a pleasing bride that had been prepared for her husband, adorned for her wedding. So get this, the new Jerusalem is really about a new union, a new connection, a new intimate relationship between you and God. Anybody like to have an intimate relationship where you are the spouse of God and you get his ear day in and day out and you can just say, hey, God, I was thinking about this. Wouldn't that be nice? That's exactly what the new Jerusalem is. It's what it's talking about. He says in verse 3, I heard a thunderous voice from the throne saying, look, God's tabernacle is with human beings. From now on, he will tabernacle with them as their God. Now God himself will have his home with them. God with them will be their God. And every curse, Revelation 22 and 3 says, every curse will be broken and no longer exist for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there in the city. I tell you one thing, I'm ready for a few curses to be broken. I'm ready for some curses to be broken off my family. Anybody want to join me in that? You say, okay, God, I'll take some of that. Let's get some curses broken. Let's just get them destroyed and completely removed behind us. I'm ready for that, and that's our promise today. That's God's promise to us because of the new Jerusalem, because of this new relationship, this new union, this new realm of union that we have with him brings us into a place where his tabernacle is with us and we live with him. See, that tabernacle is a place of dwelling it's a place of living I'm so thankful that uh, we regularly are encouraged not to make our relationship with God a Sunday thing here at awakening because that's not what it's about it's not about Sunday our dwelling and our union with God is to be a lifestyle thing it's to be a Monday thing and a Tuesday thing a Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, every bit as much as it is a Sunday thing. That's how curses are broken. You see, when we come into this new realm of union with God, remember what I said earlier at the beginning. 
the key to revelation is a hunger for more of him. It's a hunger to know him, not know the end time events, not know who the beast is going to be, who the false prophet's going to be, who the antichrist is going to be. It's not about knowing all of that. That's all knowledge. Can I tell you, I've had so much knowledge stuffed into this brain so many times over and over and over, and after it happened, I was still the same old David that I was before I got the knowledge. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Can you relate to that? See, knowledge is not what cleanses us. Knowledge is not what changes us. Knowledge can help us, but it's relationship that changes us. It's relationship. It's union with God in this new Jerusalem. See, the, the new Jerusalem is already coming down, and the wonderful thing about it is you don't have to wait till it gets here. God has called you into that relationship with him. If you'll just simply choose to hunger and thirst for him, if you'll choose that today is a day that you're going to get closer to him, that you're going to invite him in, that you're going to let lay bare all the places of your heart and let him come in and do what he wants to do, clean you out and let you become more like him, let you be transformed into his image and into his likeness if you'll choose to do that today today will be your day of a new Jerusalem it'll happen for you even now I'm coming into a conclusion I think you guys got some music right that you can play for us I just want to encourage us today that you didn't have to wait till 2019 to start this but what better time than the very first week of this new year to get a new mindset. What better time than right now, today? You know what they say about it? Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Paul said it like this, forgetting those things that are behind. Come on, I just want to talk to somebody here this morning. If you're like me at all, There are some things from your past that are weighing on you. Mistakes, sins, grievous errors, things that you say, yeah, I know God has forgiven me, but you haven't even forgiven yourself for. See, Paul said, it's time to forget those things. It's time to let the things of the past be in the past. See, God, when you repent, no longer holds you accountable for the things in the past. You've come to him and you said, okay, God, I'm I'm giving my life to you. I'm going to let you take your best shot at making everything new in me. It's good luck, God. All right? You ever thought that? Good luck with me, God, if you can make everything new. But I'll let you try. Why don't you let him try? Why don't you really decide that He's God and you're not. And if he says the sins that you have asked forgiveness for, that you have repented of, if he says he remembers them no more, he's cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. They are as far as the east is from the west. You ever thought about that analogy? He doesn't say as the north is from the south because the east and the west are eternally separate. The north and the south are not. Think about it. If you go north and you keep going, guess what happens? 
you begin to go over the north, and now you're headed south. And if you head south to the South Pole and keep heading, now you're headed north again. But if you go east, you can forever go east. You never begin to go west, you're still going east. If you go west, you can forever go west. You never start going east again. God says, that's how far your sins are for me. I don't remember them anymore. I don't know they even existed. I don't know they're there. I have no clue about them. They are gone. They're in the sea of my forgetfulness. You say, but isn't God all-knowing? Yes, he's all-knowing, but if he chooses to forget, guess what? He says he can do it. I'm going to take him at his word. He can do it. So today is a new day for a new beginning with you. Here's the thought I want to leave with you this morning. The last two verses of Revelation 21. He says, and God enthroned spoke to me. Another version says it like this. The one who was seated on his throne spoke to me. See, there's something about that place of seating. Can I get this? In the Hebrew, the idea of being seated is the idea of royalty. You see, God never stands up to fight. When he fights, he fights from the seated position of his throne because the true king of the dominion, the true king of the kingdom, which is the dominion, the king's dominion, the true king has all authority and power. No one else has any authority or any power that comes close to the true king. So when God is seated on his throne and he begins to speak, you can take what he says to the bank. It's already done. And this is what he says. The one seated on the throne spoke to me and said, Consider this. I am making everything to be new and fresh. Somebody do this for me. Put your hand on your heart and say, I'll take that word for me, God. I'm part of everything. I'm part of it, God, that you're making new and fresh. I don't know how to do it for myself, God, but that really doesn't matter because when you spoke it, it happened. All it takes is for you to say it, God, and it's put into place. So you are making me new and fresh. And then God says, write it down at once, all that I have told you, because each word is trustworthy and dependable. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's new, and it's fresh. You are new, and you are fresh. And you know what? doesn't matter what's going on around you now. You may walk out of this place and no circumstance may have ever changed from the moment you walked in here to the moment you left. But I want, I want to just reassure you it's okay. Had a mentor once that used to say it's nothing but a storm in a teacup. Well, when I think about it like that, that's all right. Why is it okay? 
because he's made me new and fresh. If the circumstances remain the same, it's all right. He's still got me. He's still got you. He's still in control. He's made you new and fresh. Here's the last thing he said. Then he said to me, it has been accomplished. For I am the Aleph and the Tav, the beginning and the end. I just want to share just one last thing with you and we're going to pray. I almost hesitate to even say this because it kind of makes my head hurt. But you realize he's outside of time. Just because something happened to you yesterday or last month or last year or 10 years ago has no bearing on him at all because he's not even inside of time. If you think about it, scientists have now come to the realization that they have agreed there must have been a Big Bang, right? The beginning of the universe. Now, this is interesting. I share this with you because before that, another theory, the steady state theory, was held in common regard as though it was as likely that steady state was always there. But there was a problem with that. Steady state meant that matter must have always existed. How does matter always exist? And see, for you and I, it's a little easier because if we have a, a, a worldview that says, in the beginning, God, we know God created matter. And even though it still kind of hurts our head a little bit to think God always existed, he's always been there, he's from eternity past to eternity future, it's still a lot easier for me to handle than, you know, matter always existed and always will exist. A whole lot easier. Here's the thought I want to leave with you on this. When he spoke the Big Bang, not only did matter exist, not only did the worlds and the stars and the seas and, and the universe or universes, all of these things, not only did they all come into existence, but when he spoke, the beginning of time happened at that point. There was no such thing as time before that. Really. If you think about it, time could not have always existed. Otherwise, it would have been eternity past, and we would never have reached today. So time came into existence at the moment God spoke it into existence. Therefore, he's outside of time. And the things that happened to you before, I'm not belittling them. I'm not belittling your pain. I'm not belittling the, the, the struggle. I'm not trying to make small the things that were done to you or the things that you actually did, sins that were perpetrated on you or sins that you committed. I'm not trying to make them small. I'm just trying to tell you that if he says, I can forgive them, he can forgive them. If he can make all things new, he can make you new. Why? he's not limited by our time. He's not limited by our thought processes. He's not limited by anything that limits you and I. And so why would we limit him? Why don't we go ahead and say, God, I'm going to let you be God. And I'm going to let you make me new and fresh like you promised you would in Revelation chapter 21. Just close your eyes with me a moment. Is there anybody in the house this morning you say, I need 
that newness of God for me. I need to start 2019 new. I need God to do something fresh, and I need a, a complete transformation in my life. I need God to do some things with some old things in the past I've never been able to deal with, I've never been able to handle, I've never been able to fix on my own, so I know that only God can do it. If that's you, I want you to stand right now. You're just signifying to God, hey, God, I'm just going to partner with you. Thank you. Thank you for standing. Go ahead. Come on, don't be afraid. I'm, I'm not even going to call you up. I just, I just want you to take a step of faith and saying, you know what? I am putting it in God's hands. I am signifying by standing right now that, that this is God's. It's not my burden to bear. It's not my problem to fix. All I can do is submit it to him. Give it to him. Come on. Come on. I feel like there's... There's a few more here. I just want to give you an opportunity. Thank you for standing. Thank you. Come on. God is, he's looking. He's looking. He's, he's longing to do this for you. That's right. He's longing to do this for you. He, he wants to do it for you more than you want it for yourself. Don't you believe otherwise? Because that's how much he loves you. That's how much he loves you. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, still standing. I'm giving just another moment. Come on. Come on. If you just say, hey, I'm just, I'm ready to declare it. I'm ready to have a fresh new start in Christ. I'm ready for God to take over and, and for me to be no longer have to worry about being in control and trying to figure it out. I'm not going to try to figure it out anymore. I'm putting it in God's hands. It's in his hands completely. Come on. Come on, I'm giving you one more second. Will you stand? Will you trust him? Will you believe him? Will you put your faith in the one who holds all things in his hands? He's the one who makes all things new. We're going to pray right now. We're going to pray right now. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to just put yourself in a posture of receiving right now. If you need to just lift your hands or put them outward like you're going to receive a gift, just go ahead and do it because I want you to get in that mindset right now. Just put them, put them out and just say, okay, God, okay, God, I'm ready for it. I don't know how to do it still, I, but that's okay. I don't have to figure it out. God, you already made the promise, and you already said that you're making all things new, and that includes me. That includes me, God. So right now, right now, today, at 12.09 p.m., January 6, 2019, in a gymnasium right here in Louisville, Kentucky, God, I'm ready for you to make all things new. I yield it to you. I give it to you. Go ahead and do it. Tell him. Tell him, God, I give it to you. I give you the pain. I give you the anguish. I give you the heartache. I give you the sin. I give you the things that were done to me as well as, as things that I've done in the past that I shouldn't have done. I give it all to you. I just hand it over to you, God, and I let you take it. And, God, I, I declare your word. I declare those things that may not be at this moment as though they already were. I declare it. You're making me new. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, you're making me new. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and thank him. God, I thank you for it. I thank you that you're making this body new, God. You're making it new. God, we're, we're, 
Cancer and heart disease don't exist in heaven. I declare they cannot exist here on earth. Where a problem in the lungs exists on earth, it doesn't exist in heaven. So I declare it can no longer continue here on earth. So I declare it right now. This friend that, that Faye was praying for earlier that has a lung problem, I declare a brand new lung in the name of Jesus. I declare it. God, you are the maker of all things new. You are creative, God. Nothing is too hard for you. And if you spoke the worlds into existence, it is nothing for you to speak a new lung into existence. So we declare it is done in Jesus' name. I declare that for any other person in this place. Come on, if you've got sickness in your body, if you're not already standing, go ahead and stand and just declare, God, I'll take a new part. I'll take something new right now. Whatever that sickness was, I, I release it and I let it go. It has the wrong address. It can no longer stay here because I am a child of God and he is making me new in Jesus' name. So I declare healing. I declare restoration. I declare newness of mind. Come on, I, I'm just speaking to somebody. If you've been dealing with depression, you've been dealing with a, a struggle in your mind of any type, I want to declare to you today God is making all things new and I declare he's doing that for you right now go ahead and receive it in the name of Jesus go ahead and accept it it is yours today thank you Lord that you are our healer you are the healer of our bodies you are the healer of our minds you are the healer of our souls you are the healer of our spirits we thank you for it God Come on, if there's somebody here, you say, I don't know him as my Savior. I'm telling you, today is the best day you'll ever find to receive him as Savior. He'll make you new today, inside and out. Come on, it's a simple prayer. Heavenly Father, I admit I'm a sinner. I believe that you sent Jesus Christ to die for me. So I confess my sin and I repent God, I, don't, I no longer want to live in my sin, so I give that sin to you, and I turn away from it, God, and I change my mind about sin. I no longer want any part of it, God. I want you, and I want you alone. So I receive that newness of life that you have to give to me as a new person in Christ, a new creation in Christ Jesus. Thank you for accepting me as part of your family and making me new in Jesus name Father we thank you that you are making all things new right now we thank you God that you are the only one who can do that and it's because of your love for us that you do it can I have everybody just stand with me right now we're getting ready to close as we get ready, though, I, I don't know if, if there's anybody that needs prayer, but I know we've got some folks here that I'm sure would be willing to pray with you if you want more prayer. I know we've not been doing that recently, but for some reason I just feel led to say that. So maybe some of those on the prayer team, why don't you just come forward just in case, just two or three of you, four of you, whoever. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, so, you know, once we... Uh, pray this closing prayer if you just feel like there's something just kind of weighing on you i just encourage you come up and find somebody here
and we'll pray with you. We'll be happy to pray with you. We'll be happy to stay as long as it takes because we know God loves you that much. He wants to make something new in your life. He wants to change your situation. He wants to bring his love in an overwhelming way and shed it abroad in your life. So I just want to declare a brand new 2019 for every person here and every person connected to you. I declare 2019, not a perfect year, but I declare this, it's a brand new year where he is making all things new. And regardless of what circumstance changes and what circumstance does not change, he's making you new. He's, he's already begun the work. He's already started it. He who began the good work will be faithful to complete it. Come on, pray with me right now. Father, we thank you for a brand new year. Together, God, as we lift our voices to you, we thank you that you are the God who makes all things new. You are the God who does it. God, when we can't figure it out, it's okay. Because all we need to do is lean into you. We just need to hunger for you and thirst for you and go after you. And as we go after you, God, we know we're going to find every answer to every need that we have. So right now, God, we thank you for your goodness. Right now, we thank you for that newness of life that you're bringing in every life, in every family, and in our church family, the, the awakening family. We thank you for what you are doing in and through us as you make all things new. We give you praise. And, Father, we put our faith, our trust, and our hope completely in you as you bring it to pass in the sweetest name I've ever heard, the name above every name, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, the Messiah. We pray these things. Can you just lift your hands and begin to praise him? Go ahead, just just praise him. Take a few moments right now. I think it's fitting, you know, at this service, first service of the year, let's just thank him for who he is. Let's thank him for his love. And if you've got a need, you want to come up and pray with one of these folks up here, one of us would be glad to pray with you. But let's praise him for just a moment. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We magnify you. We worship you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness, God, because you are still making all things new. <laughs> and so, Lord, we trust you that you are doing that in us, through us, and for us. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast from Awakening Church. You can find us online at awakeningky.com.